it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, it's Brandi Taylor, the business coach for beauty professionals. I help beauty pros amplify their business and take more action. I am super excited to share the Beauty Pro Mastermind with you, a group for serious beauty pros who want to find ways to continue to thrive in their business, a safe place for support, accountability, and education. This group is for beauty professionals who are ready for change in their business, understanding that commitment is required to achieve your goals. You know you need to make a move, but you're unclear and need an extra push. My mission is to empower beauty professionals and equip them to achieve their goals, bringing beauty and business together through support, education, and business resources. Register today for the Beauty Pro Mastermind at IamBrandyTaylor.com and just click on Beauty Pro Mastermind. I will also include the details in the show notes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I have an awesome episode for you today. I had a great interview with Monet Everett. Monet is a celebrity hairstylist and we just talked about her background and the awesome things that she has going on within her business. Here is Monet's bio. Monet Everett is a celebrity hairstylist, author, diversity advocate, and public speaker with 18 years of experience. Her work can be seen in media ranging from Harper's Bazaar to Yahoo and Essence. She has worked with celebrities, including Tia Maori, Danny Guerrera, WNBA phenom Skylar Diggs, and Nickelodeon starlets Lizzie Green and Sophia Wiley, to name a few. Monet loves to educate and has launched the Monet Life Online Academy specifically for hairstylists, teaching how to style for editorial, celebrities, and styling for all hair textures. Driven by her love to make women look and feel amazing, she recently released her first book, Stunning Braids. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Monet Everett. Welcome, Monet. Thank you so much for having me, Brandi. You're welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, You are a beauty expert, um, and and I love beauty. And um, I love chatting and learning more about different beauty experts. So I'm super excited to have a conversation with you on today. So Monet, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. You know, it could be so many things. I'll keep it basic and say I went to 13 different schools without being in the military. 13 different schools. So did you change schools every year? Like, how did that work? I mean, I only went to one high school, so that makes it even more fun. You know, a lot of things change in life, a lot of different things going on and rezoning, but it really made me resilient and able to uh, thrive in all types of different environments. So, Monet, did you move around a lot? Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, between that and different zoning. So, Sometimes you're in the same house, but they've changed the school zone. So new school, here you go. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's interesting. That's different. I guess, you know, people who are military families could definitely relate to switching schools a lot, moving a lot. So, yeah, for sure. Awesome. So did, um, so I know you're in um, New York now. Have you always lived in New York or did you grow up there? 
So I was born in Brooklyn, but raised in the D.C. area. DMV stand up, because y'all know DMV is everywhere. DC, <laughs> yeah. But I moved back to New York a little under ten years ago. So I think I'm almost at the point where I can call myself a real New Yorker. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So, uh, so, so you're a hairstylist. So how did you get into the beauty industry? You know, I heard all of those stories about broke college kids and, you know, eating ramen noodles and barely surviving. And I didn't think any of those were funny. So (laughs) I thought I would do hair and makeup while I was in college, but I really fell in love with it. I was fortunate enough to go to cosmetology school my senior year in high school, my freshman year in college and uh, work in salons and that things of that nature during college. And really uh, I was able to fully support myself in college And I thought, okay, once I walk across the stage, I'll be finished with beauty, but beauty is so vast and there's so many different parts that I decided I wanted to stay in the beauty industry and grow and uh, show a lot of different aspects of the industry. Awesome, so what is your specialty? My specialty, so um, my specialty is photo shoot. So I do a lot of print work and I also teach others how to style hair of all textures to photographic perfection. Let's talk about that. Now, I know that's something that you really are passionate about, about uh, hairstylists, knowing how to style all different textures. So I really want to kind of dive in and understand why you feel that is important and how it can help other hairstylists within their career. It's important because to me, you can't call yourself a professional and working artist if you only do hair that's similar to your own. Uh, Everybody should be able to style hair similar to their own enough to make it passable. If you're a professional, you should be able to make anybody that sit in your chair look better when they get out than when they first sat down. And it's very striking to me that a lot of people don't see the need. I see the need because I want to stay always working. I want to be the master of my own destiny. I want to decide the work I can do rather than having a lack of skill decide that for me and being a black woman in this industry, you know, just as most other industries, we have to work much harder to be seen. There's less of us. Um, And you know, what do they say? You have to work twice as hard to get half as far And the beauty industry is not exempt from those challenges. So I think a way of showing uh, that they showing hiring managers and decision makers that they need you is by showing your value to them, showing that they can put you on any set, any stage, anywhere, and you're going to rock it. And the first step is making people of all nationalities and ethnicities feel comfortable in your chair and making them look amazing when they get out. Yeah, I think it's important. Um, Like even like on the makeup side, because I've done makeup for years and, you know, I know how to do makeup on everyone because I'm like skin is skin. And but I know that isn't across the board. OK, so everyone <laughs> doesn't know how to do that. And um, but I do agree, like it does make I, I've gotten jobs just because I could do anyone. And maybe, maybe they looked at other artists and they weren't able to do, you know, everyone's makeup. And so I think, I think across the board as a hair and makeup, you need to know how to work with everyone. Absolutely. I speak to a lot of artists. I do makeup as well, but I promote myself as a hairstylist and I speak to a lot of artists. Your portfolio and your Instagram needs to show a wide variety because it's not only 
what the what the person actually looks like is how they identify and it's being able to speak to them in different ways with um, different cultural contexts to decide how they like to look. A very large amount of what we do is communication. I would say when you're on a set, everybody's speaking a different language. If there's a makeup artist, a hairstylist, a photographer, a director, a model, all of those specific jobs speak literally different languages. So you have to be able to communicate what you can do and um, the looks you're going to create to them um, in a way that they can understand it. And specifically as a talent, your job as a hairstylist and a makeup artist, beside making them look great, is making them feel great and getting them warmed up for the day before they step out on set. So many people act as though they don't understand the importance of hair and makeup on set, but we set the tone for the day. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think I think um, what you teach is definitely um, very important to be diverse. But I think maybe more so, and I want to get your opinion on this, that may be more so on the editorial side. And what I mean by that is, is so if you're in a salon, right, and, you know, and you cater to maybe you do pixie cuts on African-American women, and that's your target client. You know, you target African-American women who want to wear their hair shorter, and that's your specialty. I think it's okay to specialize then. But when you're looking to do, like, editorial, and you're looking to work with on sets and, and on movies and different things like that, I think um, those, those hairstylists and makeup artists need to be a little bit more well-rounded. Would you agree with that, or what would be your opinion on that? I respectfully disagree. I managed the salon for many years um, on Capitol Hill in DC and it was very diverse and I loved that salon. Um, we work under the guise that hair is hair. Hair is simply a fabric and there are very few differences in cutting, styling, and coloring hair across the ethnicities. There's only four hair textures, straight, wavy, curly, and coily or natural. That's it. So uh, contrary to popular belief, one might say, okay, I work with short black hair and I do pixie cuts. So I wrap them down and then I curl them. If I am on a set and I am dealing with a woman with short hair, her ethnicity doesn't matter. But say her hair is short, but she doesn't want, you know, really tight curls. I'm either going to wrap her down and hold a blow dryer to it, or I'm going to flat wrap her with a brush and a blow dryer creating a wrap and flat iron it the same way. It is literally the same thing. And I uh, speak to artists all the time about learning your products and your tools, because the more you learn how to rock your products and your tools, you'll learn what works for all hair textures. There really are surprisingly very, very little differences other than the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because I was just watching something like a hairstylist was having a chat earlier today. And I, she was talking with, she was a black hairstylist talking with another hairstylist who was Caucasian. They were just talking about understanding the differences. And I guess they had came together and maybe, you know, swapped models. So, so the black girl worked on Caucasian models and, you know, and vice versa. And um, I think, you know, the, she didn't know how, the, the black hairstylist didn't know how to use the round brush, you know. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and that is the main difference. I want... Um, to point out that that is a part of most state cosmetology board requirements. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, she just said she didn't use her. I guess, you know, maybe she didn't use it. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, they say if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. So she might have learned it in school and maybe she's just doing, uh, you know, our type of hair where she's just only doing not having to use that round brush with the blow dryer to style it, you know, because I don't see too many um, black hairstylists using it. But yeah, I'm just it's it's definitely, you know, I, I, I don't think it's um. I, I don't think it's a wrong thing that you should be diverse and that you should know how to do other people. I, I absolutely agree with that. I was just, you know, pointing out that like, you know, I, I was just looking at a, a conversation that was had earlier today and they were talking about the differences in understanding. And it was so much that both sides didn't know. And that just shows you overall that collectively we, we still have a lot of growing to do even within the beauty industry and learning both sides. What you're pointing out is a truth. It's not an opinion. If she didn't know, she didn't know. But what I try to point out to everybody is there are things that everybody doesn't know. So your skin color does not preclude you from learning these things. So if you give me a model, so for example, generally growing up, I couldn't go to a salon because my hair is very thin and very curly. So black salons didn't know what to do. White salons didn't know what to do. But I have taken from both sides to learn how to style my own hair. However, if I get a client in my chair with curly hair, I'm going to round brush her. It's the same thing. It does, her skin tone doesn't say I'm not going to round brush her. If I get a client with curly hair in my chair who wants to pump up her curls and can't figure out how and doesn't want to use heat, I might cone twist her. I might two-strand twist her. Maybe she's white. Maybe she's Latin. She may have never seen that before in her life. If I'm flat ironing hair, it does not matter from the straightest of straight to the kinkiest of kink. I'm going to hold my flat iron and put a comb beneath it and smooth it and uh, flick my wrist to give it a bend. So a lot of times, just because you're not in a situation, you think, I don't need to know that. That's not for me. And I'm really happy that these conversations are opening up for people to understand. It's literally how you work with hair texture. But I'm, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a tease here. I speak on the culture because if you, are, if you can't articulate and understand what someone's saying, it's going to be a problem. If I have a client who sits down in my chair and, and she is, um, has curly hair, or fair skin and looks like she's dark or maybe some mixture of black. Notice some people will sit down and say, my hair is curly, can you style my curly hair? Some people will say, my hair is natural, can you style my natural hair? Generally, if they say curly hair, they want something loose where their curls really show. If they say natural hair, generally they're down for some form of manipulation to their curls. So that's a part of understanding communication and culture for what is that person looking for from you? If I have a person who sits down in my chair and their hair is uh, pretty straight, very little wave, and they say they want a lot of texture, believe it or not, that generally means they want it bigger, they want it fuller, um, back comb it up, salt spray it up, things of that nature. But I can take that same salt spray or that same um, um, volumizing powder and use it on my black clients. Sometimes it's trying new things. You know, I just, I clearly am very passionate about hairstylists being able to do all textures. Don't let that hair scare, scare you. You run that hair, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's great to be well-rounded, you know? So I love that, that you teach that. And I think it's needed within the beauty community for sure. Absolutely.
Awesome, awesome. So I know that you also specialize and you teach other hairstylists about, you know, how to get in, get editorial work, how to work with celebrities. So let's talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So working with celebrities can be a little different. Uh, but the first thing is, you know, I really harp on learning how to style all hair textures and learning how to style them quickly timing, the way you treat your clients, and then learning how who to reach out to and how to properly represent yourself and the etiquette. Those are all a part of the process. And it is, um, it can be a longer process sometimes. You know, you'll hit a lick and get a celebrity client here and there. Getting in the door is the easy part. Keeping them is the part that takes uh, some extra work and knowledge. And one thing that I like to teach people early on is their timing. Many hairstylists will say, oh, I'm fast, I can do this, you know, silk out this blow dry, this cut and curl in no time. But when you work on sets and when you work with celebrities, your timing starts from when they walk in the door rather than when they sit in the chair. So um, being adaptable, being able to work on your toes, being able to work while the makeup artist and the wardrobe stylist is asking questions and their baby's crying and the producer's coming over for input. You just got to be able to rock it and move it. And these opportunities exist. And I want to see um, more people that look like us out there grabbing them. Definitely. So what would be like the process when, if you want, if you're a hairstylist, makeup artist, you want to start working with celebrities, do you need to get an agent? Should you get with the union? Like what would be the process? So both of those have two separate um, processes and I really break this down in my class. So you want to be an editorial hairstylist. So there are two types of industry. There's the print and there is the film. So the print is photo shoots, commercials, video shoots, runway shows. Um, and then you have the film side, which is major productions, theater, and TV. On the print side, you work towards getting an agent. On the film side, you work towards uh, getting in the union. Both of them have a multi-step process, and I explain both in my class. Uh, but I'll give you some small differences. Like on the print side, you're gonna work to build up your portfolio and your Instagram. On the film side, you're going to work to build up your resume. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way you find out um, what these two are looking for is you start to find other artists, start to find agencies who uh, represent artists and see what they're putting on their boards. You can always Google the unions. There's only two, one on the West Coast, one in L.A. and one on the East Coast. For hair, there's only two for hair and makeup. So the resources are there. You find people like myself who teach courses. You learn about the differences in the hairstyling. So there is not a lot of differences between, say, hair textures, but there are a lot of differences in the finished look. Uh, learning for with the print side of things. Are you building this hairstyle to last for this 16-hour day? Or are you building this hairstyle so it can be changed seven times in this 16-hour day? And those are two very different things. So I mentioned earlier with the round brush blow drying, that's a part of a basic skill that we learn in cosmetology, learning how to set hair, meaning set the style in the hair. That is so vital, learning how to set styles, because I'm telling you, you're working with one client and you think, oh, my day is easy. Maybe we're doing a press run, but you're getting in and out of the car, in the rain, um, you know, 10 different stops. How do you control that? 
or maybe you're inside and it's a hundred degrees and really muggy outside and the air conditioner works on half the bit or not the other and you're shooting a film and the hair has to look the same for continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, clearly I, I love my industry, got a lot to talk about. Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, with, with what you do, it sounds like you definitely have to think quickly on your feet. You have to definitely work quickly, <laughs> you know? Smart, too. There is no room for, for error. You have to work very smart. And every move you make, you have to know in your head, if I do this and this doesn't work, what's my next step to get it done? Because your ending time always stays the same it never moves it does not matter what time you start your ending time is always the same so what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned in your entrepreneurial journey networking is vital Uh, not just vertically networking trying to get the people that you perceive to be in a higher position than you but also um, uh, horizontally networking so i've learned that the people who work alongside you will get you the best jobs it's really important for them to respect you and you guys to respect each other and work together i've also learned from vertically um networking it's really important to take classes and show up i've also learned for vertically networking it's really important to take classes because the people who are taking the time to give the classes are the people who want to make sure you're properly trained and educated so that they can help you get to the next level. If you have poured into someone financially by supporting their classes, they can't help but to want to pour back into you by helping your career prosper. So I've learned networking is more important than anything else. Um, I've learned when you Um, make it and you're in a large city, you're simply expected to be great at what you do. So um, that's not even on the list. You're expected to be great. And then on top of that is the other things. So what advice would you give someone that's looking to get into this industry? I would say you're very fortunate because when I started 20 years ago, we didn't have social media and Instagram and things like that. So you're fortunate to be able to do some research to find out who are the artists doing the type doing the type of work you admire. You're fortunate enough to be able to look at the movie credits and see the artist's name and then find them on Instagram um, or just Google people and you know, there's so many resources that are around right now. Like, you know, of course we had Google and Axe Jeeves, but it certainly didn't wasn't able to put out the answers like it is now. So more than anything, I would recommend researching, finding the artists you um, want to work similar, similarly to and seeing if they offer classes. I'm not pushing classes solely because I, I teach them. I'm pushing classes because if you're not educated, if you're not top notch, if you're not able to communicate, you're closing the door in your own face. And I see too many artists that seem to believe their natural skill is enough. And it's up for debate if they're skilled enough. But when you weigh out everything, those other things, business acumen, marketing, etiquette, communication, uh, they have their own weight aside from skill. Yeah, and I think it's important to never stop learning. You know, you 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 never think that you've arrived so far that you can you learned everything that there is to learn. You'll never do that in this lifetime. 
And so it's always great to just continue to educate yourself, continue to learn and enhance your skills as a service provider. So you're a hairstylist, a makeup artist, nail tech, whatever it is, you're a service provider. And what better way to really show your clients how valuable you are um, other than, you know, staying up on top of your skills and, you know, just knowing the trends and understanding what's going on in the industry and just always educating yourself. So I feel that is very important for uh, just beauty professionals in general. If you're voted the best makeup artist, hairstylist, nail tech of 2020, what are you going to do in 2030 if you've decided not to take any classes? Right, right. Because things are constantly evolving, right? So, you're, you know, you're definitely not going to still ride that uh, win from 2020 <laughs> in 2030 for sure, right? <laughs> right. So what are, you, what are you working on right now? Right now, I am doing a lot of public speaking. I am doing a lot of magazine interviews discussing the importance of styling on multi-textured hair. I am educating. I am beginning to advocate more for uh, hairstylists and just redefining my role in the beauty industry. I am, of course, I'm loving my celebrity client bookings, but, you know, it's important to always work on your next step. So and enjoying it, you know, like everyone else, I'm stuck in the house. What is it? Bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like right. everyone else. But I am really advocating for people um, to let this, instead of letting this be a setback, let it be a setup for success. Mm -hmm. You know, take the time to cry and deal with whatever you need to deal with in regard to uh, quarantine, COVID, as well as rioting and protesting. Do what you need to do to uh, deal with that and then figure out how to set up yourself for success in your next moves. So that's great. And you mentioned like, you know, um, of course, we've all had to like kind of shift. And a lot of stylists, beauty professionals have had to pivot because they haven't been able to work on their clients for the last several months now since March. So uh, what are some ways that you have pivoted in your business? Well, mine is going to be more uh, public speaking and writing and reaching out. But I do have some suggestions for those who are in the salon. You know, you could pivot by having online conversations with your clients, online consultations, which direct them back to your online store, whether that's through Amazon or another platform or uh, directing them to come and pick up products if your salon is not open yet. And uh, I would like to say more than anything, even if your salon is open, you may want to come up with a game plan for if and when COVID strikes again, it's highly likely to do so, so that you won't be caught off guard again. Um, also, I can't advocate enough for take some classes. No one can take your education away from you. Um, but really do some deep soul searching. What is it that you really want to do in this industry? What has been on your mind but scaring you to death just the thought of doing it? And maybe lean into doing that. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, that's something I have actually done myself. You know, um, I'm actually tapping taking my business to a level that I've always known was in me. I've always wanted to do it, but I guess I never really had the time to really pursue it. And so the, during this time, that's what I've done. Um, I'm coaching beauty professionals now on, you know, just helping them, you know, in their businesses and hit their goals. A lot of us, uh, you know, suffer from, 
you know, we have all these goals and things that we want to do, but we really are not clear on how to do them or what's holding us back from doing it. And so I work with beauty professionals with that. And um, that's what I've done. I've really, I, I already had like a lot of, a lot of things built up for it, but just really hadn't taken that big step. And I think, you know, this has actually caused me to, and pushed me to do that. And so I think, I, I think that's some great advice, Monet, is to go ahead and tap into that thing you've always wanted to do. Do some soul searching. Really, you know, figure out what it, what your purpose is, what what you want to work on right now, and and do that thing. And virtual things as well. And also figuring out. I always tell tell uh, beautypreneurs to figure out ways to make money in your sleep. So you yeah. you you've done that. Like you have a book, and you have courses and classes and resources. And that's something that people can start working on. Work on those things. Figure out ways to make money in your sleep, whether it's a product, like you said, come get products, or if you want to develop your own product line, if that's something you always wanted to do, now is the time to do the research and figure out how you could do it. Like you said, preparing so that if we do have a second wave, if this does happen again, that you, you know, you're you're prepared and you understand how to pivot and what direction you need to go in now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice. And congrats to you on the initiative. And please let me know how I can support you in that. Thanks. I appreciate that. I appreciate that for sure. So tell us about your book, because I know your book isn't self-published, is it? No, it's not. It's through um, a publishing company. It's called Stunning Braids. It's 25 different DIY hairstyles with all different hair textures, my step-by-step directions, as well as explaining why I use the tools and products that I use. That is awesome. First of all, congratulations, because, you know, um, it says something about you and the skills and what you teach that, you know, you had a company come to you and partner with you on um, creating this Sunny Braids book. And so I think that is awesome. And nothing nothing against self-publishing as well, but, you know, I think it's such an honor that, because it's harder now, it seems, to oh, get yeah. it published, right? <laughs> like, that's hard. And everything has its pluses and its minuses. I will tell you, there are definitely some pros and cons of going with a publisher. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, well, it's absolutely, it's been absolutely, you know, great chatting with you. Um, What overall message do you want to leave with the beauty community? The beauty community, I need you guys to know that the sky is the limit. Even if you see a glass ceiling, I want to help you uh, break it down so that you can go to the next level. The next level is waiting for you. Um, I'm doing all that I can to support hairstylists, including, you know, giving you guys free celebrity cheat sheet checklists on my website, The Monet Life, to make sure your kit is fully stocked. I'm giving tons of resources to help you choose educators, help you choose tools. Um, Also, if you'd like to uh, get some hair advice or discuss anything with your career, you can text the word hair to 33777. I'm also doing a lot of public speaking to advocate for the beauty industry and also advocate for diversity and inclusion and pointing out to um, non-beauty industry insiders um, how they can uh, be discriminatory against certain hair textures and types. So I'm just really working to show that beauty has a place in this world and that we bring value. We do. I, I always say beauty is essential to me, you know, because 
I don't know. I have you even like if you look on the news and you have I've seen some terrible makeup jobs, some terrible hair jobs, haircuts. It was as well. I was like, oh, he need a haircut back. <laughs> the way I learned my skill, how to move so fast, was I worked um, doing hair and makeup at CNN for a short time. And trust me, they look good or you're fired. So you learn to move quick and learn how to work on all hair textures and all skin complexions. Definitely, definitely. Well, I want to ask you the final three questions I like to ask guests when they come on the podcast. So the first one is, how do you define success? Success for me would be being able to provide generational wealth for my family. Uh, I think it's great to be happy and do well in this lifetime, but it's about what you create. And my understanding of generational wealth is it's three generations down. I need them to be thanking me in three generations. Like, Grandma, it was worth it. <laughs> my children's children, right? <laughs> I love it. I always say that, leaving a legacy for my children's children. So that's awesome. And so what is either your favorite book or book that you're currently reading right now? A favorite is going to be, um, I have a favorite and, and one that, that changed my life. Gosh, I'm thinking of a few. I guess my favorite would be The Coldest Winter Ever. Um, the two that changed my life were um, Ayana Vanzat's Peace from Broken Pieces and uh, Judge Lynn Toller from Divorce Court, Things My Mother Taught Me. And they really speak a lot to emotional health and well-being and learning how to deal with the past that wasn't the past that you uh, wished you had. And a lot of us just have so many stumbling blocks that we need to get over. It's a lot of things. And it can sound a little condescending when folks say, oh, just change your mindset. You're like, but you don't know what it was like. So it's <laughs> really opened up a lot and, and helped me deal with a lot of different things in my past. Yeah, you know what? You just sparked something in me. When um years ago, I read this book by Brian Tracy called Change Your Thinking, Change Your Mind or something or change your thinking, change your life. And it was one part in the book where he spoke about how you have, sometimes you have to go back and forgive the people who hurt you, like your mother or, you know, people who raised you. And uh, you have to look at it differently and have these conversations. And it actually, I realized that there were things that happened in my childhood that I was holding on to that I had not forgiven my mother for. And what released me was what I read that because he even gave examples. And I actually had to think back and say, you know what? She was the best mother she knew how to be, you know? And I had to really shift the way I thought about the situation and just changed up that whole thing. Like make, instead of making everything against me and about my hurt, I just had to really think about that person and maybe they didn't know what they were doing and, and hurting people hurt people. It just reframing the way I thought about it. But it changed my life, actually. It really did. Um, because I was able to free myself of that and I was able to let it go. Absolutely. I would say I know God has a sense of humor for different things that he does. Like, why is a woman only able um, to have children like the recommended age? The biologically it's like 15 to 35 yes there are some outside on both but how much do you know like 
35 is certainly not the cap of learning and existing. And it's for a lot of people, it's not even that mature. And I look like my mom had five kids at 31. I am a bit older than that with zero babies and I'm barely making it. I could not imagine having five. You know? <laughs> right, right. Got to look at things differently. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well, I tell you what, I had my daughter at 21 and I felt like I was 15. Okay. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yes. I completely understand what you mean. Because when people are like, why don't you have children? I'm like, look, I'm working on getting out of bed in the morning. I, my baby. <laughs> to wake me up for feedings. I don't want to be that parent. <laughs> uh, good stuff, good stuff. So what's either like your favorite tool or app that you use to operate in your business? I am Google down to the socks. I love me some Google. I'm telling you, if Google ever falls apart, I'm going to fall apart with it. Right. <laughs> that Google Calendar, that Google Drive the Google Mail, and no, I'm not sponsored by Google, but gosh darn it, if anybody knows how to make that happen, let's do it. Right, right. Some Google, okay? Oh, I do too, for sure. (laughs) Definitely. I would agree there. Well, like, once again, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, Really enjoyed chatting with you and learning more about you and your business. Um, Tell everybody how they can connect with you and find you online. I need you guys to connect with me and I need you to tell me that you heard me on this show because Brandy's working so hard on it. So jump in my DMs um, and my handle is at Monet Artistry. You can jump in my DMs on Instagram or at Monet Artistry on YouTube if you want to check out those 200 free videos that I have uh, to help hairstylists or you can email me from my website at themonelife.com when you're checking out the Monet Life Academy. Awesome. Do you have any final words for us, Monet? Talk to me. Hit me up. DM me. Tell me you heard me here. You know, let us know that Brandy's hard work is paying off. Let Brandy know you enjoyed the show. And I challenge you to use these setbacks as a setup for success. Awesome. Great stuff. Monet Everett, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, stay great. And we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Taylor. And at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.